0: Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Monty Soka, Chair of Ford, the Affordable Housing Advisory Board, representing Justice Matters. I think we will—it's uh, 3:01 or 3:02, somewhere in there. I think we'll take roll and then we will get started uh, with our meeting today. We've got—well, uh, let's—I'll t- take roll and then we'll—I uh, want a few open comments on the agenda. So, Trent Santee here. Christina Gentry. Present. Ron
1: Present. Uh,
0: Thomas Howe. Present. Rebecca Buford.
1: Here. Uh,
0: Sarah Waters.
1: Here. Erica Zimmerman. Here. Edith Guppy. Edith. She's there, but I don't think she can hear you. Are
0: you hearing us, Edith? Yeah. Uh, Leah, can you uh, maybe like text her or do something to see if she's having some issues? I'm. Uh, she's here. Uh, Monty Silka, I am here. I am going. To, let me see. Shannon Reed.
1: Don't see Shannon yet. Thomas Allen. I don't see Thomas Dana Ortiz. Don't have Shannon Shannon Alpore. Okay.
0: So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, which I
1: believe constitutes a quorum for us today. Um, So uh, we have exactly an hour and um,
0: we have uh, three things on the agenda and uh, I'm gonna do my best to keep us to an hour. So we're gonna try to have a concise, kind of concise action today and get through this. Um, Leah, if you would read the opening statement uh, regarding instructions for Zoom and all that stuff, and then we'll
1: go to public comment after that. I can't
2: hear you.
1: Um, We just heard you, Edith. Uh, Okay.
2: This is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator, and I will uh, follow up with Edith via email. It doesn't look like she saw the chat. Um, Thank you, Mr. Chair and good afternoon, everyone. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll make a few notes on public comment. When the chair calls for public comment, individuals attending in person person should approach the podium to indicate they wish to speak. The podium can be raised and lowered, and we encourage you to use this feature to ensure your comments are heard. Individuals participating via Zoom should use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. Please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. Individuals will be called on in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. Please state your name before speaking. All comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you. And I'll now turn the meeting back over to Mr. Sokup.
1: Thank you, Leah. Um, I see that Shannon has
0: joined us, so I'm going to put her as present. And... um, Edith is still working to get on. Uh, Just for the record, we do not, if Edith can't get on, it's not a quorum issue for us, so we can continue the meeting. Hopefully, she'll be able to connect. Uh, So I'm gonna, with that, I'm gonna open it up to public comment. Uh, Do we have anybody that uh, either online or in
1: the chamber that would like to make comment? Just raise your hand or somehow indicate.
2: all right i'm not seeing
0: anybody online
2: (laughs) there's nobody present in person either for public comment
0: with that i'm going to close public comment and we're going to go to uh the next item uh area or uh, section b approve the minutes so consider approving the minutes of the board meeting from october 10th
1: Thomas Howell Large Board of Real
0: Board of ouch. So, uh, Thomas, if you could give me a thumbs up, did you make a motion to approve the minutes? Okay. So, we have a motion
1: on a table to approve the minutes. Do I have a second? Second. But Shannon
0: Ori seconds. Uh, with that, we have a motion and a second. I would open it up for comment for anyone that has comment. Seeing none, I close the comment and we will take the vote. And I note. I would note that Dana uh, popped on there for a second, at least. As well, so I'm going to call the roll uh, for the vote. This is to approve the minutes as written for October 10th. Brent Santee, yes. Christina Gentry, I approve. Was that a yes or
1: a no? Yes. Uh, uh,
3: yes. I'm receiving some kind of feedback on this end, but this, that was a yes from me. Okay.
0: Uh, Ron Gatius. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 Thomas Howe.
0: Thomas Woods, yes, if you can hear. Uh, Rebecca Buford. Yes. Uh, Sarah Waters. Yes. Erica Zimmerman.
1: I abstain. I wasn't at the meeting.
0: Uh, Dana Ortiz. Yes. Janet Orring. Yes. Edith Guffy. Okay, she's not on. And I vote Monte
1: Soka. Yes. Motion passes 9-0. All right. So
0: moving on to the second item. Uh, at our last board meeting, we talked about uh, asking staff to provide a, a draft of a letter of support, uh, for the, uh, changes to article, uh, 10 and 13, um, which includes, uh, basically protection of, uh, source of income, uh, so the staff, uh, provided, or provided a letter of support, and hopefully everyone's read that and i guess at this point i would open it up for we obviously have some public comment but i would open it up for discussion or comment and then following that comment i would uh, be looking for a motion to uh, adopt or approve the letter for submittal uh, to the city commission
3: this is Christina Gentry, a person who has received assistant housing. Um, I recall bringing this to this board, like some some resources pertaining to the source of income becoming a protected class some months ago. I don't think we were ready as a board to, and quite frankly as a city to like apply or adopt or implement this ordinance um, at that time, but due to the diligence of and thanks to the diligence of those working at the HRC and others, including um, Kincaid Annette, um, Mariel Fierro, Gabby Boyle, Gabby Sprague. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, but those are just to name a few, but these are the people who have advanced ordinance through factions and continue to incorporate this as both adaptive and technical work. So I'm pretty happy that us as a board has decided to to uh, recommend this letter. So thank you for that work.
0: Thank you, Christina. They're... <laughs>
1: I agree. There was a lot of hard work that went to get to this point. And uh, so, any other comments? Any questions about the? If there are none, I
0: would be seeking a motion to uh, approve uh, submitting this letter of support for the, to the from the Affordable Housing Advisory Board to the City Commission. For the modifications to chapter 10 and 13. Rebecca?
2: Rebecca Buford with Tenants to Homeowners. So, move or I move to accept this letter of support from Ahab um, and move this great work forward. I uh, agree with Christina's sentiment that a lot of work has been done to get to this point. So.
0: Okay, so we have a motion on the floor. I a second. Dana. I got Dana Ortiz with a second. Is there any further discussion on this motion and second that's on the floor? Okay, seeing none, I'm going to call the roll, the same order we did last time. Uh, Trent Santee. Yes. Christina Gentry. Yes. Yeah. Ron Gacious.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Thomas Howe. Thomas is a yes. Rebecca Buford.
1: Yes. Uh, Sarah Waters. Yes. Erica Zimmerman. Yes. Shannon Ory. Yes.
0: Dana Ortiz. Yes. Uh, Edith, Edith still isn't there, uh, Monty Sokup, yes, motion passes, 9-0, oh, there's Edith is connecting Um, uh, okay, so that motion passes and that letter will go on uh, to the city commission, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for the good work on that, and uh, so item number two on our agenda, uh, receive an update. ON AFFORDABLE HOUSING ADVISORY BOARD CONFLICT OF INTEREST QUESTION REGARDING AFFORDABLE HOUSING TRUST FUNDS REVIEW.
2: This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. This is just a simple verbal update that we checked with the city attorney's office regarding the question that came up last time about um, the nonprofit representatives who are partners of the Housing Stabilization Collaborative being able to submit recommendations for this round of funding. And um, according to state statute, there is no conflict of interest. Um, Those organizations are simply nonprofit collaborative partners um, towards similar goals and Received no financial benefit whatsoever. So um, we are very pleased (laughs) to have Dana and Shannon and Rebecca and uh, Erica be able to contribute to this um, round of recommendations for funding. Okay.
0: Thank you, Leah. Are there any uh, comments uh,
3: from the board? This is Sarah Waters uh, uh, with KU. Uh, Thank you for that clarification because that was a question that I had asked and Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I felt like it was important based on some of our conversations we've had over the recent weeks. Um, and I'm, I'm very pleased with uh, the response that was received. Thank you.
0: All right. Any other, Monty Soto Chair, any other comments on that? Okay, we will move on to our last agenda item. And that is discuss potential affordable housing and advisory board member conflict of interest issues and consider recommendation on the membership to the city commission. So I just want to preface this that I know we've struggled with this over the past months and uh you know at times uh struggled mightily with this issue and um you know, my hope is that today that we can uh, have a conversation about this and uh in a, in a civil manner and discuss you know what are the real concerns are, and that we can push this issue forward and make it forward a recommendation of some kind uh, to the city commission or whatever, uh, whatever we make some kind of recommendation today on how to move forward past this issue and try to get that resolved. Um, there's a lot of uh, information out there uh, on the uh, on the ish on the topic, uh, obviously. Uh, Edith and I submitted a letter to the mayor after our last meeting because we had concerns that it was uh, becoming an internal issue for this committee in particular. Uh, So what I hope to do today is kind of let everybody have an opportunity to speak and I want to make space for everyone to speak that wants to speak. and so that we can kind of get this done and we have about half an hour to 40 minutes to do that and then come to uh, basically try to put this thing to bed and, and figure out how we're gonna move this committee forward at this point. So with that, I'm gonna kind of open the floor to anybody that would like to make comments. Yeah, Edith, go ahead. Yeah, uh,
4: Edith the member at large. Um, I just want to begin by saying that I know that there have been times uh, that I have said things in the heat of the moment that I have regretted both what I said and the tone that I used. And um, as we begin this agenda item, uh, I hope we will remember that we're having the conversation today. Not because, that there was, not because there was a disagreement on the outcome of an action, because we've had those before, uh, but because of the tone of the emails, uh, the personal nature of the accusations and the processes that we have used to sort through those disagreements. Now, I know that some of those who are involved wanna have their say and that's okay. I just wanna encourage a tone that is respectful and that refrains from personal attacks or that questions the integrity of anyone. Because I don't think that's who we want to be as a board. And because I want a conversation that moves us forward in working together so that this doesn't become a lingering undercurrent or an impediment to the important work that we're doing.
1: Thank you, Edith. Anyone else like to make comments? I got Shannon and then
0: I got Ron or not Shannon I got Dana I'm sorry I'm looking at Dana and saying Shannon Dana and then Ron.
5: Thank you Dana Ortiz family promise of Lawrence um I, I I uh agree with Edith and I think we can get beyond this with a good understanding and and discussion um we all want the same things um that said we were all asked by the city to serve representing the bodies that we work with or or representing basic citizenship here in our, in our city. I do live here in Lawrence, but the opinions that I bring to this board, I believe, are because I've been asked to serve as a representative of Family Promise of Lawrence. So when I come to offer opinions, and I've heard sometimes that when the nonprofits speak, it carries weight. And I don't consider that a negative, I consider that a positive because I'm here to represent the three to 400 different families each year that are served that are 90% below the 30% AMI for our county. So um, that said, if if there is an hit, a hindrance here, um, I don't want us to slow down on any building of units any movement forward on affordable housing however on a daily basis on behalf of the families served at family promise i hear the issues from large developments that even will accept vouchers of other obstacles that are put in place for financial requirements based on their business plan and and i hear those every day so i have to raise those I believe, as a representative here for Family Promise. So I just wanted to make that bias clear to this group that I will always speak from that bias because that's the reason I believe I was asked to serve on this board. Thank you. Thank you Dana.
0: Ron, I think you had your hand up next. Thank you, Mr.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. I'm unmuting your mic, you're on Ron, you're on mute, still on mute, Ron. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. All right, I'm at. Are they,
0: you got that figured out, when they?
2: Mr. Chair, this is Leah Roslin, Affordable uh, Housing Administrator. Were you hearing Ron when he was speaking on mute? Was no, his voice we were coming not through? Test,
6: Ron on test one. Test no. one. Can you hear that? I hear I can. Ron now. Yeah. Okay. Good.
2: Thank we're you. good. Thank you.
1: Okay, good. Now I don't hear Ron. <laughs> now I'm not hearing Ron. Okay. test one, two that works
6: (laughs) I apologize to all AHAB members for my disruptive emails at the time I pushed send on my July email I understood that it would be disruptive and put important friendships under great stress I also knew that it was in compliance with the Kansas Open Meetings Act as I spent almost my entire career working in space governed by COMA. I regret the stress on those friendships. They may not be repaired. And I regret that it was the result of an email I sent. I believe that if I hadn't done something dramatic, we wouldn't be having a serious discussion about what should be an issue of concern to all AHAB members and those wanting to maintain the integrity of the housing trust fund. I'm not a housing person. The questions I've posed at this affordable housing board meeting, makes that obvious. I don't represent developers or builders. The only call I've received from a developer or a builder about any AHAB issue was a complaint about my idea to allow a duplex by right on any single family lot. And I don't represent a chamber position. Not once has anyone from the chamber, volunteer or staff asked me to take any position on any issue before Ahab, not once. So I'm the chamber guy, but my only agenda is to ensure that we do the best we can with the resources available and be able to tell the voting public at the end of 10 years that their tax dollars were well spent and they should support renewal of the earmark for affordable housing for another 10 years. I have a personal vested interest in the success of the designated sales tax. I helped to develop and draft the recommendation for chamber support of the affordable housing earmark. And I spoke to board members at board meetings in support of it. There was not unanimous support at first, but the board support at the end was overwhelming. Later, I was excited to volunteer to be the chamber nominee for the newly created chamber spot when the advisory board was expanded. The only expertise I bring to AHAB is my 38 years of experience working with state and local governments, not-for-profit organizations, and foundations. The unifying link of my work has been my personal commitment to ethical and legal behavior, so I'm here concerned about AHAB governance. We should all want voters to have the utmost respect for the process we use to allocate and invest their dollars in the community. Imagine that there were for-profit developers on Ahab, four for-profit developers on Ahab, And at the end of the first 10 years, they had collectively received two thirds of the available funds. Even if those builders had recused themselves from voting on any of their own projects, people would be suspicious if those folks had helped design the process and application that resulted in funding their projects. The appearance of a conflict of interest is important. It should be avoided if we want to preserve the public trust. But insert for not-for-profit agencies in the place of those for-profit builders, and we're supposed to believe the rules are different. I don't agree with that. And it's this difference that reflects the bias that I speak of when I say our process is biased in favor of the for-profits and not balanced between the for-profits and the not-for-profits, excuse me. Well, I believe that our process is biased in favor of the not-for-profits and we don't have a a balanced playing field. There is no exemption for -for not-for-profits. If there were, we would let them vote on their own projects during each funding cycle but we don't, I believe this is an issue that requires further consideration by the AHAP. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ron, appreciate that perspective and uh, really you know, bringing this to the board
1: uh, to take a look at. Are there other people that wanna make comments? All right. Christina Gentry, um, person who has received assistant housing. Um,
3: so I, I really recognize the, um, the issues here. And I think I, we weren't asked as a group to convey why we're here and why we volunteer our monthly time, two hours um, a month, to talk about issues that uh, concern affordable housing. Uh, but I just kind of want to um, bring back what it is the purpose and why is that we are here. So for me, um, I heard about restrictive covenants and that they were used in Lawrence. Um, A development uh, led by the, or I'm sorry, development west of the the KU University of Kansas called the West Hills District was created in the 1920s and it was created as an elite restricted neighborhood. Um, West Hill Lawrence developers filed with a register of deeds to Douglas County, Kansas. And these restrictions were touted as preventing the purchase of property by undesirable persons um, and the justification was to guard the home and protect property value and desirability of the environment. So Article 6 of these restrictions were filed with Douglas County of Deeds and it stated that none of the said lots shall be conveyed, used, owned, or occupied by other than the white race as owners or tenants. And the white race was, was there limited to the Aryan race. Um, so This was uh, something that was put into effect um, and recorded. um, And so once registered and recorded deeds, restrictions were effective, they were effective for 25 years. So that would mean like at that time, it was 1924, 25 years later, it'd be 1950. That was the year my mother was born. So as I sit and listen to everyone's desire to be here, I am moved to kind of place my desire to be here on the forefront too. And I think all of us are moved to really move um, restrictions and, and barriers and to make sure that affordable housing is made affordable. Um, so with that, I want to just make sure that we know that continuing to have membership that moves in that direction and people who are moved, like I heard Dana and I hear Ron speaking, um, I think that's really where we're, that's our whys. And if we can continue to move in that direction and maybe think about membership also offering that kind of direction too, I think we're we're kind of, you know, getting over this hill Uh, of what conflict of interest is, and wondering what our real interest is. And so that's my interest of being here. I continue to support the people and the members of this group for their expertise. Um, But I think all of our expertise are are really needed. And um, hopefully we can come to some resolution that includes members of our community that can meet them where they are so we can have more people with lived experience be part of our board as well. Um, So with that said, I just kind of want to close it at that and leave room for others to speak.
0: Thank you, Christina. Anyone else would like to? Have, yeah, Shannon, go ahead.
7: Yeah, so I want to um, echo what Christina was saying because the the current flip side of what she's talking about is that it, is that at least the Housing Authority, every single project we have or own has a deed restriction that it will only serve uh, low income people in perpetuity. Um, is very different than a for-profit project, which at the end of the tax credit process will benefit the developer who we fund. So the opposite end of what we're talking about is why, why wouldn't all the funding go for the public benefit, right, of anybody who will put a permanent deed restriction, on the property Um, and, and I, I just really think that is a very big difference. And I do not think the comparison is apples to apples um, because none of the four nonprofits do the individuals personally benefit from the project. I will not own any of our projects. I will not profit from any of our projects. We just have the opportunity to serve more people. And so let's make sure when we're comparing that we're comparing apples to apples or acknowledging when it's two different models. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Shannon. I I think that's a good point. And I think uh, not to counter that, but to add to that, would be that you know our uh, affordable housing problem is so large that I think at this point in time it takes it's going to take both kinds of projects to meet the need and our I see our mission is to try to create the best balance that we can as a group so I think there's both sides. I mean, those, those projects certainly serve a purpose and put units on the ground, you know, maybe faster or whatever that we couldn't do otherwise. But, uh, but there is a balance and there is a a distinct difference. I agree with that too. So that's something for this board to probably wrestle with um, and think about how, uh, you know, if we want to, uh, you know, if we want only want to do a permanent affordable housing, then we need to, Push our RFPs out in that direction. If we want to create, you know, specifically rentals, then we need to push out our RFPs. And I think, you know, I think maybe our, in my opinion, our time might be well spent by working on trying to write our RFP so that it's less wide open and more narrowed and focused on what maybe uh, we really want in order to hit our goals. And then whoever can meet those can meet them. So anyway, that's just one thought. Anybody else? I wanna make sure everybody has an opportunity to talk and then I wanna all shift this over and we'll talk about how we move forward and uh, what we might be able to
1: do uh, with this issue. And so, okay, Dana, go ahead.
5: Um, I might be shifting it and I don't want, I want to give space for people to get their um, thoughts out first, but I I tend to jump to, towards solutions <laughs> whenever possible. So I, I, ha- I have an idea of what kind of created this conflict and the stuff we've talked about before. So when everyone's done speaking, I'd like to share that.
0: Okay, okay I'm going to give a three count. This is your opportunity to jump in. Going once, going twice, (laughs) going a third time. Okay, Dana, I'm going to turn it over to you if you'd like to. Thank
5: you thank you auntie dana ortiz family promise of lawrence and i've talked to a few of you about this before we've talked about it as a group throughout the years and i'll use the plural there um and i've recently spoken with ron about it i think some of some of what created this this tension here was an out of out of cycle um request and and we have talked about having we've talked about trying to to target our request with the other tax fund applications and all of that sort of thing, and and if we had two requests a year and split up the opportunity and simplified our grant form, then I think everyone who has a project, be it a nonprofit development or a for-profit development, could probably work within a six-month timetable. I know. For Family Promise, as an organization, we have not applied uh, for property, for units on the ground because it didn't fit within when we needed the cash. So we pursued other options. And I'm certain there's others that are at this table, profit or nonprofit for the same very reasons. So if we simply changed our schedule to adjust, to be it, have it be more flexible, we wouldn't have to have the issue that caused the tension where there would be an out of cycle request. Just my two cents there.
1: Okay. Thank you, Dana. That's a good point of view.
0: We can we should certainly have that discussion, I think. Uh, because you know, there, there are also disadvantages to having two cycles in that. You know, you have half the funding to distribute each time, and that may not be significant enough for some projects that come along. So I think we have to weigh those things, but it's certainly a discussion we should open up and and try to have, because that may help. Anyone else? Okay, Okay. Needed? Yes, I
4: I appreciate that, uh, Dana. I actually think the issue is a bit more complicated than that, that Ron named. And um, I I really think there is something to think about when, um, about shaping the policies and who is involved in shaping the policies and the appearance of uh, being involved in shaping the policies and that um, agencies then have the opportunity to um, apply for the grant. And it may not be um, the appearance that there's an inside track. I think that's an important consideration to really think about whether, how much inside track there is, but I think the appearance of it being an unequal preference is something to really consider.
0: Thank you, Edie. I appreciate that. Alright, All right, well, um, So staff, I guess, provided us a memo with four different potential uh, issues that could address uh, the issue of conflict. Um, I'm not sure that this or I don't think that this committee, I mean, we can make a recommendation certainly to the City Council, but this committee would not actually be making any changes. All we can do is make a recommendation uh, of uh, potential changes or we could simply as an option for uh, recommend that the governing body you know watch these videos hear our correspondence see the correspondence over uh you know the last the course of this committee consider the age of this committee because i think you know it was very different when this committee started and the membership was picked based on you know, starting this process and all that versus uh, continuing to operate the process. I mean, these things are different now. So we could just ask, as in option four, to make a recommendation to the governing body, look at our bylaws and look at our uh, membership and and review that and direct us how to move forward. Um, In my humble opinion, that's where I think we should go. Uh, but I am certainly one member on this committee, so I'd like to uh,
1: hear what other people think about that.
4: Well, I signed the letter with you, Monty, so I think that too. (laughs) Okay.
1: Is it me? Okay. Are there other thoughts, other ways you see us moving forward?
0: All right. All right, well, uh, I guess since you're with me, Edith, <laughs>
1: would you consider making a motion
0: uh, that we forward a recommendation? Uh, to the governing body to review and consider the Ahab membership and the bylaws uh, in view of the struggle that this committee has had uh, with this issue and the concerns we have, you know, uh, with this issue.
2: Mr. Chair, mm-hmm. this is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. I believe there's public comment on this item. Oh,
0: all right. We have public comment. Yeah, Stephen Watts, I guess.
8: I don't know if it's transmitting or not. Hopefully it is. It is. You're good. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to have having been able to listen to a little bit of this non-discussion because you really didn't take it to the stage as a group. The moderator has done great, but nobody wants to talk. I'm an outsider. I'm looking in. I should have been paying more attention to housing issues in our community, but there's so many issues in our town. It's a target rich environment and there's only so much time. Um, As an outsider, yeah. There is influence that is peddled inside this group such that people award themselves money and the aroma is, is obvious. When it was first created in the assignment of the positions to the Affordable Advisory Board, it made sense, but there was no money to divvy up at that time. And now that's all you basically do as an outsider looking in and as a master's of social work who spent 40 years working in public welfare, as well as housing initiatives, you name the initiative and I've been involved with it. Okay, you got a representative from the Chamber of Commerce who wants to play like he's not from the Chamber of Commerce, but the only reason he's on the board is because he's from the Chamber of Commerce. They have an aura about them that says we're going to build, 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 build or perish. I don't know how accurate that is in this little dinky town, but what are we going to do? Meanwhile, we've got the not-for-profits and one sacred cow after another in this community where we dish out these money to and they squabble about it. Ooh, what about the idea of having people who really want... to And with all due respect, I have to say that the idea that people don't benefit financially, you're in positions, you all get paid. I'm not going to go into how much you make or any of that. Some make more than others, no question about it. But there is a vested interest financially for the directors of these not-for-profit institutions that pay themselves well. You know, I could opine about this... Uh, The housing trust, there is no guarantee that board of directors can change at any time and vote those properties back to whatever. I hope I'm, you know, I'm I'm pressured for time because you only get three minutes, but no. um, (laughs) The issue that there is not influence peddling going on in this Thank you,
2: Mr. Watts, that is time.
8: Thank you, just a few more minutes is-
0: Thank you, Mr. Watts. All right. Uh, Anyone else want to make comment? All right. Um, I think where we were before that is I had asked for a motion to uh, uh, TO uh, BASICALLY PUSH THIS ISSUE OF MEMBERSHIP AND CONFLICT uh, UP TO THE CITY COMMISSION TO CONSIDER, TAKE A LOOK AT, YOU KNOW, like WHAT'S TRANSPIRED AND, and WHAT THE, uh, WHAT THE, uh, WHAT THIS LOOKS LIKE and, AND DO THEIR BEST TO MAKE A CHANGE. Or leave it the way it is, I guess, is another option.
4: So moved. Edith Duffy, member at large.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you, Edith. I appreciate that.
4: <laughs> Carol Waters with KU,
2: second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right.
2: Mr. Chair, this is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator. I apologize, I think I missed the motion. Do you mind repeating it before you go to roll call? (laughs) Um, (laughs)
6: Absolutely. Yes,
0: yes. So. Public comment from Steve
6: Watts. I
0: guess uh, the motion was to uh, make a recommendation to the governing board, being the city commission, to consider the AHAB membership and the Ahab bylaws and the city appropriate city code, and consider making changes uh, or alterations to that uh, those documents in light of the conversations that this board has had revolving involving uh, the perception of uh, you know, undue influence or uh, conflict of interest. Is that sufficient?
2: Yes, thank you so much.
0: Okay, and that that was basically option four from the staff memo. Um, So we have a motion and a second on the floor. Is there any discussion regarding that? Okay, seeing none, uh, I am going to call the roll. Trent Santee. Yes. Christina Gentry. Yes. Ron Gacious. Yes. Thomas Howe. Yes. Thomas could speak this time, that's good. That's a good sign. Uh, Rebecca Butepard. Yes. Sarah Waters. Yes. Erica Zimmerman. Yes. Dana Ortiz. Yes. Shannon Ory. Yes. Edith Guffey. Yes. Monty Silka. Yes. Motion passes 10-0. Okay. Given that, I also want to open that up uh, for any closing comments regarding this issue. Do you have anything
1: they feel they need to say closing this issue up? All right, seeing none, we're gonna move over to other new business.
0: I am not aware of any other new business. Uh, Leah, was there anything that has come up?
2: This is is Leah Rouslin, affordable housing administrator. No, but I would like to take this opportunity to remind the um, advisory board that the recommendations are due um, via email to me on Friday, November 4th.
0: Thank you. Are, are there any questions? Thank you, Leah. Are there any questions about the matrix? About about those? I want to give people an opportunity to ask any questions they would have about any of those uh,
1: applications that would require clarification before you score. All right. Seeing none, I
0: would say I was really pleased with Many of, the qual- many of the projects we had, we have some really good projects and it's of course never going to, it's never an easy decision. We have twice as many requests as we have money, but uh, uh, we do have some really great projects in there. So that's a good thing. Moving on to item E, the calendar, um, we have November 14th, excuse me. Uh, uh, advisory Board recommendations uh, for the affordable housing trust fund. That's our regular meeting. And then following that, uh, December 12, uh, we'll be scheduling our uh, retreat to set up five-year goals. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, CIP and affordable housing trust funds. Uh, you guys are aware, I hope you're aware, uh, the city is in the budget is working towards uh, creating some CIP funds that. It looks like we'll be coming to this committee to uh, figure out how to use or make recommendations regarding those funds. Uh, so um, that's a discussion we're going to have uh, in December, and then in January, uh, the uh, we have the Affordable Housing Advisory Board and Vice Chair uh, APPROVED the Affordable Housing Annual Report. And we also have um, nominations and elections for positions. So if anyone would like to chair or co-chair the committee, you should make that known to your friends so you can be nominated. And uh, with that, if there are no other questions or comments from the committee, I will adjourn this meeting. Thank you today for your input. (laughs) appreciate it. Oh, Christina, do you have a comment? Oh, you're just saying goodbye. Okay. (laughs) I
1: thought you were. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks.